0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 87 of the Real Life Runners Podcast. Today we're going to talk about those days where it's hard to find motivation to get out the door. So what should we do when our, our motivation seems like it's lacking? Let's look at the small picture and then, of course, let's look at the big picture and the long journey ahead.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: Okay, so we have been thinking about different topics and content for the podcast. And so we put out a question to our Facebook tribe. And if you're not a part of the Facebook group and you want to join a really cool group of people, you can find that on the website. If you go to realliferunners.com and click on Facebook group, then you'll be able to request access to join us there. So I put out a question this week about topics that people would like to hear more about. And there were several people that talked about motivation.
1: Right. From a bunch of different angles, really, is, you know, how do I motivate for a race? How do I motivate if I've been running for years after years? How do I motivate in in all sorts of different scenarios? But it all kind of comes down to, what do I need to do if I I don't feel like going for a run today? What should I do about it?
0: Right. And, you know, for some people, it might be an easy choice to go out for a run. Some people, it might be a difficult choice to go out for a run, depending on your perspective and depending on how long you've been running. There's a lot of factors that are at play with your motivation level for running. And so today we're going to talk about all that and, you know, just knowing that, We all have those days. So I think that that's like the first thing that we need to say is just that, you know, no matter where you are on your running journey, if you're totally new, if you've been running for years, if you're a super experienced veteran runner, like we all have those days where we just don't feel like running
1: hundred oh, percent. Professionals follow a couple of professional runners on, on their social medias. The ones that are actually like honest with you. And you will regularly find days where they're just like, and this is my mood today. And it's just a picture of them laying on the couch. Like they don't want to get out and run and that's their job. Right. Like that's what they do for a living. And mm-hmm. they still just aren't feeling it that day.
0: I feel like in some ways that might even make it more difficult at times like to be a professional runner and know it's your job
1: yeah know that you have to get out and yeah run that like day. you
0: have to mm-hmm. you know like you don't really have an option all the time like sometimes here and there you might but as a whole like you really don't have an option as a professional runner
1: yeah you might have have an option of whether to do the second run that day
0: <laughs> or to do it in the morning or the afternoon
1: right but you're pretty much I mean that's what you do you need to make sure that you're able to compete at your highest level and so you're going out and, and putting in the work every single day
0: yeah But for us real life runners, like just know that boredom and that struggle to get out and run is normal. Like... Every single person experiences that.
1: Yeah. And it, it kind of depends on what kind of training cycle you're in. You know, if if you've got a race on a schedule that's way out there and you're sort of in that like middle, dull, very repetitive part of the cycle. Yeah. Or
0: even the base building phase at the very beginning. The
1: base building is not the most exciting stuff. Well, like because and
0: then, and then, like say you're in the base building phase, like your race is like so far out. You're like, oh, does it really matter if I run today?
1: <laughs> yeah. That's... You know, because
0: it's not... So it's not like imminent
1: right you know it kind of goes back to what you said sometimes it's an easy sometimes it's a difficult choice if you got a race coming up in three weeks you should probably choose to go run and you might be able to just at least look at that race entry and be like okay that's that's enough motivation i'm out the door but if you that mean race you shouldn't
0: in- stop running a month before a full marathon
1: <laughs> Are we flashing back to college <laughs> woohoo chicago um <laughs> School got really intense for those like three months, and and it was finally the month before, and I was like, okay, it's I, I gotta I gotta focus on school here. So I ran.
0: Yeah,
1: I I had three intramural cross country three races. 5Ks I had three five k's in the three weeks leading up to it. Yeah, that was, nailed it. Yeah. Um. So, um, I forget where where we're at here. We're talking
0: but, about how every training cycle has highs and lows.
1: Perfect. So. Um, you know, the closer you get to a race, the the easier it is to kind of be on that on that racing high. You can feel it. If you just start a brand new plan, you might be coming in with a high. It's it's sort of once you've been going for a little while. You point out the base building. If if all you're doing is just easy, long distance over mm-hmm. and over and over, it gets dull and monotonous. It does. So how do you, how do you kind of get through that? And and is there a way to to avoid the boredom or do you just kind of go with it? Because if you just pretend that you're not bored, you're really just faking it. Yeah. Which sometimes works as a decent starting point. Yeah, I mean,
0: sometimes that can work, but I think that, like we've said before about different training plans and things, like sometimes it is good to vary what you're doing just to avoid boredom. And it can keep you more interested if you have various, various types of workouts that you're going out and doing. I know that's one thing that always helped me to – Start running and continue running is just having different things to do.
1: I mean, that was one of the big things that I did when you were first getting into running yeah. is I tried to throw very few, just go out and run 30 relaxing minutes. Like, cause that's just not that exciting.
0: Well, and I hated it that right. now, nowadays. I love that.
1: Right. Now you're, you're all into right. it and now you, that you can I'm totally go out and run.
0: Right. But it's different.
1: at the time that, that just, Hey, head out for 30 minutes just sounded like a, like punishment to you. Yeah. So I tried to avoid that as much as possible.
0: Right. But so understanding that everyone goes through the, that is important. And it's also important to know that without the struggle, then how can you really appreciate all the good days, right? Like you need that comparison to actually find joy sometimes.
1: Yeah. It's okay to have bad days. It's yeah. a good thing to have bad days because yeah. without bad days, you can't have good days. Right.
0: And then, then when you have the good days, like when you have those awesome runs where you're like feeling great and you're motivated and then they feel even better.
1: Yeah. You can actually savor it. If every run is a good run, then it stops being good. I forget what the name for that is. There's something, it's something about gluttony or I don't know. It's something that's like if, if I gave you a delicious piece of chocolate cake today mm-hmm. and I did it again tomorrow mm-hmm. and the next day and the next day, by the end of the week, you are like, okay, chocolate cake is disgusting. It. I don't You'd want get this tired anymore. tired of it at
0: some point, right? So there are some quick fixes that we can talk about um, when it comes to motivation. Like if you just need something quick to just force you to get out the door that day, we can talk about that. And then we also want to talk about kind of the longer journey too, like looking at your motivation on the whole and, um, in the long run, in the long picture of things.
1: Yeah. I'd say let's, let's start with the quick, easy ones. Right.
0: So one of the, you know, first things that you can do, like if you aren't feeling like you want to go run, like I always say, like set out your clothes the night before so that you have everything ready for you to go the next day. So that when you wake up in the morning and you see your running clothes and you see your running shoes, like that's going to motivate you. Like even if it's out of guilt, like, you know, like even (laughs) if you're
1: essentially building in guilt for yourself, I
0: mean, essentially like you're going to be like, Oh, I got to go run today. But like, if you don't, then your running clothes and running shoes are just going to sit there. And then you're going to have to like put them away too. (laughs) Which is awful. Right. So then like when you're putting them away, then you're like, man, I really should have gone out and run today. So maybe then just knowing that you're going to have that feeling, like, all right, fine, I'll just put the clothes on. You know, you just put put on your running clothes, put on your running shoes. Like I have a friend that was um, lacking in motivation and consistency and she started um, every day when she got home from work, she would automatically change into her running clothes. That was like one of the first things she did when she got home. She like put down all of her stuff and she'd go and change into workout clothes. And that trigger, that habit was a really good um, trigger for her to go run or to do her strength workout or whatever it was.
1: That's a nice one. You yeah. just, you immediately change into it. Like some people get home from, from work or whatever, and they go and get a snack. Mm-hmm. Some people will come home from work and they, they pour, pour a glass a, of wine. Yeah, pour a glass of wine. I was going to say, have enjoy a drink, mm-hmm. sit on the couch and turn the TV on, mm-hmm. but immediately putting on workout clothes. If, if you're an evening runner or having them set out the night before, if you're a morning runner, mm-hmm. then you don't, you don't have to put any extra thought in either. Right. It's just sitting right there. Yeah. And, yeah, having to put your clothes back away—like no one likes folding laundry in the first place, let alone folding laundry plus the guilt of I didn't go run that day. That's mm-hmm. a terrible combo. Oh, that's
0: true. You could unfold the laundry too and put it put it out. Yeah, yeah. That's what
1: I'm saying. Is so when you put it away, you have to completely actually refold your clothes. And no one wants that. No one wants to
0: fold more than they have to. <laughs> All right. So number two, plan out your run, like plan out ahead of time, how many miles do you want to run, what route do you want to run, are you going to do a speed workout that day, are you going to go an easy run, are you going to do a long run, like plan out exactly what you want to do so that, again, it takes away that thinking, like there's less that you have to think about when you actually walk out the door, you already know, you already have a plan, like if you're following a training plan, then you go by whatever's on that plan, like it makes it. Mindless in a way.
1: Yeah, that's one of the really good aspects of having a training plan. Um, One of my coworkers was talking about the benefits of having a training plan. He's like, Look, I can go out and run. I know roughly what I should go out and do, but to not have to think, Oh, should I go run four miles or six miles? Should I do speed today? It doesn't matter. The schedule says it. Mm -hmm. So this is just what I'm going to do. Right. it's like putting the clothes out it takes another thing off your plate it's mm-hmm. it's less that you have to worry about rather than simply putting one foot in front of the other
0: right so that's one of the benefits of a training plan or a coach yep so next number three ah,
1: go to your fire up music
0: fire up music what's yeah. your what's your go-to song
1: um
0: don't tell me i have the tiger <laughs> is it is it i have the tiger Yeah, yes yeah, of course it's tiger. Oh come on or is it rocky Go what, go fly now, or what it got to fly now. Gonna fly now. Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: anything from Rocky, that's always good. Uh-huh. Always nice. Um,
0: Ship it up to Boston is a, is a good one.
1: That's nice. That's peppy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the problem with Gonna Fly Now is it's, uh, it's well,
0: it's that cake song. It's
1: kind of slow. It's oh, your cake, cake song. Cake going the distance. That's a good one, that's too. That's like
0: one of your big fire up songs. Yeah,
1: that one's really high on my list because mm-hmm. that one always flashes back to like the cross country video from like the end of the year recap when I was in high school. That yeah. just puts me in a good frame of running mind.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah. so there's a lot of really good songs out there and you know who cares whatever yours is like maybe it's you know Britney Spears maybe it's some uh salt and pepper. I was gonna say
1: I can't even think of like (laughs) how many are on my list that I would be super embarrassed to say just because I've got so many fire up songs like you and the girls came home today and Riley was like daddy what music are you playing I'm like don't worry about 90s rock music it's gonna be fine
0: oh i didn't even hear what you were playing
1: metallica was going i was doing dishes it was going at it you
0: must have like stopped that before i walked through the door yeah so yeah so whatever your fire up music is like have a couple go-to songs that like you know that as soon as you hear those songs you like want to start moving like that's what's what you got to do
1: that's also a good way to get yourself set up for a pre-race routine if you if you kind of practice like okay these are my songs that say i'm going to go run now when you're th- going through like the warm-up process before a race get those songs going so when you step to the starting line you are ready and fired up and good to go
0: yeah that's a good point it's a good
1: way to practice that honestly
0: yeah number four if you don't want to do music you could do an inspiring podcast you could listen to our voices and we can motivate you to get out the door perfect or another inspiring podcast, another inspiring like, podcast. like a ted talk maybe there's an audio book that you've been listening to and you just want to continue listening to it and you might as well go run while you while you listen. I mean,
1: that's honestly why I put that one on there. Is yeah. It's sort of like, well, I could clean the house up and turn the audio book on or I could go for a run. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't actually own the book. I don't have a hard copy of it. It's just an audio. I might as well go for a run and listen to the book that way. Yeah. It's a great way to not even worry about what the run is. Just click click play and off you go.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's
1: a nice one. Then you don't have to stress about whether it's a hard run or an easy run. Just get out and run Mm -hmm. it'll be fine
0: yeah yeah number five I always say like just commit to five minutes so like just say okay I'm just gonna go out and I'm gonna run for five minutes and see what happens like if after five minutes I still don't want to be running like give yourself permission to stop and to turn around and come home because if if that's you know if you really aren't feeling it that day and five minutes of running doesn't get you wanting to continue then stop you know just just commit to five minutes I think that that hump like you know looking ahead saying oh my god I got to go out and run for an hour or I have to run for a half an hour like that hurdle that mental hurdle of the amount of time that you're then going to spend doing that activity can sometimes be too big that you don't even want to start so make that hurdle much smaller say okay I'm just gonna go run for five minutes and then after five minutes see what happens
1: yeah, I I like that one. I like the the five minutes a lot. I personally go back to what you had mentioned of you know your friend who just put on their workout clothes. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeling it, I put the running shoes on and if I'm walking around in the house in running shoes, usually just having them on is enough to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go for a run. And if I'm walking around in my running shoes for a few minutes and I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to do this. I just want to take these shoes off. That's probably a sign I, I shouldn't even go for a run that day, mm. which we'll get into later in the episode. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Yeah, So the next one.
1: Next one, phone a friend for a pep talk. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Have an accountability partner. Mm. You know, if you're not feeling it, maybe you've got a running buddy and they just call them up and be like, like I, I've got nothing today. They're going to come back with something. Maybe it's maybe they'll help you decide to go out for a run. Maybe they'll help you that you shouldn't go out for a run that day, but have an accountability partner to that isn't just yourself. This is part of the benefit of having a running group, honestly. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean you could even use the people in the tribe for that. That that's a good thing to do. It's a perfect. I day. mean, I did that today. I don't want to run tomorrow and I texted my running buddy and I'm like, I don't want to run tomorrow. Like yeah. I'm tired. I don't want to run. And she said, Well then don't <laughs> And sometimes you might Need to hear that, you know. Sometimes you might need permission for some reason. Like you obviously don't need permission, but sometimes you like feel like you might, you, you know, need permission from another person. Which, like, like what I just said, you don't. But um, sometimes just having someone else say like it's okay to take an off day. Is is what you need to hear. Yeah. So, or I mean, maybe they'll like motivate you to actually go out and run. Or maybe they'll motivate you. Right. Can,
1: m- most of the times, if you got like a a good accountability partner, they're going to be able to feel out whether whether you're like. I'm looking for you to give me just enough inspiration to get my butt out the door. Yeah. Or I'm looking for you to verify that it's okay if I take an off day. Right. Like if you've got a good solid accountability partner, they're going to be able to feel which direction you're going on this one mm-hmm. and and help you accept that that's the correct choice. Because either of them could be the right choice. Yeah. You know, off day might be the best answer or no, just shut up and go run. It might be the best answer. Right. But, on, on most of these things, you're looking for something external that's just enough motivation to get you out and going. Yeah, That's right. why they're the quick fixes. Right.
0: So those are the quick fixes. And now we're going to talk about a few things that we consider the bigger fixes. So like if this is a more recurrent type of thing, like more than just a day here and there where you're lacking in motivation, like if you are lacking in motivation for... A couple of weeks or a couple of months like it's just gotten to really be a struggle for you to get out and run or to make running a consistent habit. Maybe you're one of those people that runs for a little while and then falls off the off the wagon and then you run for a little while and then you fall off the wagon like you struggle to make running a consistent habit, which I know a lot of people are in that boat too.
1: Great for a lot of different reasons. A lot of different reasons. A lot of different reasons you could mm-hmm. be on and off. But
0: Yep, so we've got six different things that we want to talk about for bigger fixes. So number one, I I was telling Kevin when we were talking about this, like there's the term the phrase, choose your hard. Now, basically what that means is you can put in the work now or you can put in the work later. And you have to choose what's going to be hard. So is it hard to go out for a run? Sure. Is it hard to follow a training plan? Sure. Like there are difficulties surrounding all of those things. Is it hard sometimes to eat healthy versus like going through a drive through Sure. Like it does require more effort now to go out and do these things. But that's your hard now. Now if you decide not to do those things, if you decide to go through the drive through on a daily basis, if you choose not to exercise on a daily basis, it's going to catch up to you eventually. It's just a matter of when. So how does your body feel? Is it harder to go for a run or is it harder to know that you're out of breath just because you climbed one flight of stairs you know, in, in your daily life? Is it harder for you to eat healthier now or is it harder for you to prick your finger and measure your blood sugar levels when you have diabetes in 10 years or 20 years or whenever it decides to pop up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when, when you first presented, you know, you have to choose your heart. I'm like, you, you got to explain this to me because yeah. I'm sure that this is fantastic. And it's, it's amazing the difference when, when that's the comparison that yeah. you're putting, it really gets a great perspective. For right. You.
0: Like, is it harder right now for you to do, do a little bit of strength training and lift some weights or is it going to be harder for you in 10 years when you're unable to pick up your child or your grandchild depending on you know how old you are in life (laughs) like
1: that's it's yes it's hard to do the strength training now but it's it's gonna be pretty hard to tell your grandkid I'm sorry I can't pick you up Mm -hmm. that's a rough one
0: it is a rough one and and I've had to do that before like if I like there's been times where I've thrown my back out and I'm not able to hold my kids and it stinks so bad like when You've got the little one coming up and giving you big hugs and mommy picked me up. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetie. I can't pick you up right now. Mommy's back is hurting. Like that is hard. Seeing the look on your child's face when you say that, that's hard. That is what motivated me to, you know, kick all my excuses to the curb and just get in the best shape of my life because that's what I had to say when, you know, when I injured my back three, four years ago, three years ago now, yeah, um, three and a half years ago. And that's what basically set me off back onto my consistent workout journey and has made me stronger now than I ever have been before. But like having to tell your, your child that you can't pick them up, like that broke my heart. That was hard working out and lifting weights and doing squats. That's not that hard, you know, like it, it is but not, but
1: relative right,
0: but even, I'm going to choose that every day instead of doing the other thing, yeah, you know?
1: even you know you're looking from the big the bigger picture and making this comparison and you know that was that was life changing and really put you on this fantastic health journey on the journey, you're still going to have days, yeah where Oh, it's like, for oh, sure I know. I know that that's the thing, but honestly, I worked out the last four days, so this is not going to start a downward spiral. Right. And on those days, then you can go back to the quick fix and yeah. you find something that can get you fired up on that particular day. But having the bigger picture, having the bigger yeah. perspective is going to be able to consistently get you out the door day after day.
0: Right. And that's one of the reasons that I make the rule that I, I never miss two days in a row. Like I always do something, even if it's not a, a super intense workout, I don't usually ever take two rest days in a row. Like Mm -hmm. I do something, whether it's yoga, you know, if it's a run, yoga, strength training, whatever it might be, I don't miss two days in a row. And that's to make sure that I stay on the wagon, that I don't just fall off and then end up going down a path that I don't want to be on. So yeah, I mean, it might be hard now like to find time for your run, but is it harder for you to find that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes to get in your exercise today? Or is it going to be harder for you when you have to go to five different doctor's appointments and schedule all of that in between blood tests and doctors and things like that when you're 20 years older? Like I have patients, that is their struggle. Like literally they have so many doctor's appointments that they have to go go to every week that that takes up their entire time that takes up their week i'm like what do you do on a a daily basis like oh well i usually have a doctor's appointment and then i'm usually tired so then i take a nap and like that's all they do
1: yeah they're scheduling around their doctor's appointment that's their whole life (laughs) sounds much nicer to schedule around some sort of physical activity yeah like
0: when Mm -hmm. i'm 70 when i'm 80 like i don't want to be going to the doctor all the time i still want to be like running and hiking mountains and like doing whatever it is i want to do you want to do play tennis play golf whatever it is that you know whatever i'm doing are we gonna learn to play golf I'm sure I'll play golf at some point. All right.
1: God, you're going to be so much better at that than me.
0: <laughs> it's a ball sport.
1: <laughs> it's a ball sport. <laughs> it's a ball sport. Yeah,
0: hand-eye coordination. It's okay. So like, I mean, your whole life, you're faster than me. So i, I got to get... We're going to play
1: speed golf. i got to get like, you at something. You only get the driver and the putter and you have to like 18 holes as fast oh, as sure. you can.
0: So you're going to rig it so that you can beat me? <laughs> I, I see how that works. Okay, cool. So, but I mean, but seriously, like in all seriousness, like I see this on a daily basis in This is the main reason that we started this podcast, that we started our coaching company, that I am now certified in nutrition. It's because I want to help people avoid these problems down the road by making simple lifestyle changes now, like committing to eating healthier, committing to running, committing to working out on a daily basis can prevent so much pain and suffering and chronic disease down the road. Like, I talk to my patients every day and I ask them, like, did you exercise? Did you do this? And they're like, oh, no. Like, I, I was never really into that. And, you know, oh, my doctor told me that I really didn't have to. Or my doctor told me that I had bad knees, so I didn't, I shouldn't do that or I should stop running, which don't get me started on those doctors.
1: Yeah, That's a rabbit hole to leap down.
0: Yeah. But anyway... It's, it's going to catch up to you eventually. So make the choice now, even though it's way down the road, make the choice now to live the life that you want to live. Like l- make those choices because it's important. Like you want to be able to be active with your kids or your grandkids or your dog or who- whoever it is. In your life that's important to you like you want to be able to show up and you don't want to have to have that person taking care of you either you know that's another really big thing that i see is like when these people get older and they they start to become more disabled and start to do less for themselves like they feel like burdens on their children and on their family and on their friends like that's hard like you don't want to feel like a burden on somebody else like Make that your motivation, and I know that that can like you know that that seems so far away. I like, know, but
1: the road's only so long. It's
0: only that. so long. And <laughs> and I, I know it's, it's easy for me because I see it on a daily basis. That's the thing is like you
1: know? what you interact with on a, on a near daily basis yeah. just continues to reaffirm your commitment and your motivation, like right. your why for this entire journey, your right. personal journey and why you're trying to spread it to as many people as possible. Right. You, you reaffirm your core why behind yeah. all of this. Like yeah. you you were getting worked up just talking about this.
0: I know. I know. It's definitely a passion point for it me. It really is. So, like yeah. this
1: that's what motivates you. It's what motivates you personally and to try to inspire as many people as possible so they don't end up in the position that you're seeing people in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just every day I see like just a couple little lifestyle changes that they could have made that would have just made a complete difference to where they are today. So Anyway, that's the big one.
1: That's the big one. That's your giant. That's
0: my giant. I mean,
1: that's, that's your why. Your why is put in the work now or put in the work later. Right. So let's go to number two.
0: Number two is focus on your why.
1: Which that, that is a big one for you. Yeah. Um, focus on your, why me it's, it's always been this battle of how far can I push myself mm-hmm. and, and finding that truly defining your goal. And I go back and forth. We go back and forth on this of what should a goal be? How do you create a goal? You can go to all sorts of, you know, different influencers talking about this is how your goal should be. It should be clear and definable yeah, the or, smart goals. Yes. Yeah, smart goals. Or no, your goal should be so far out. Out that it 's just it 's this it should be scary and ridiculous to tell other people mm-hmm. that, and then some people are like, Well your goal should be relatively close so that it 's achievable because if it 's too far away, then you won 't even try to go after it because it just looks ridiculous yeah
0: there 's a lot of discrepancy
1: there 's so many different ways I like having multiples, mm-hmm. I like having that huge enormous goal that looks ridiculous and scary, and you don 't want to tell anybody right, but I like having some closer goals also mm-hmm. like these are, these are steps that I need to take to get towards my goal, mm-hmm. to get towards my goal of, you know, how far can I, can I push myself? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to do to be a better person physically today than I was last week? Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's, that's kind lo- of my And then my looking look on
0: it. long-term, how, what you do today will affect what you're able to do down the road and, and to achieve some of those bigger goals that you're setting for yourself.
1: Right. So it's, it, it's changing little things today, making sure that you're, you're, you are back out there and going at it today. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing.
0: Yeah. So focus on your why, like ask yourself, why do you run? Like, what is the point of your running? Cause I think a lot of people do get into running just to lose weight or to get healthier. And that can be a little bit ambiguous. And then when they do lose the weight or when they do feel like they're healthier, then they lose the motivation to, to go out and run. But I think that that. I think we need to have a little bit of a bigger goal than just losing weight.
1: Yeah, I mean this this one goes into my issue is my my point of motivation now is so much different than when I started running. Mm. Like I had the sign on the back of my door that I like, you know, cut out the letters from magazines, you know, that mm-hmm. move to make the inspiring sign on the back of my bedroom door when I was mm. in high school. And, back uh, in the
0: day when people still got magazines. Back
1: when people still got magazines. <laughs> and I had all sorts of like inspiring things taken out of different running magazines and different ads that were all super motivational. But the one right in the middle said, why do I run? And it had a picture of like, crazy out in the middle of like nowhere picture and you could see like one single guy climbing up a mountain like he was running this ridiculously hilly course and underneath it it said because i know the other guy is and that was always my motivation is and i'm looking at it now and i'm like that was a terrible motivator because It was, it wasn't personal. It was, my motivation is simply to compare myself to another person. Mm. Like that was always what it was. It was to, to compare, even if that person was, whether they were specific or they were generic guy in awesome ad, I can't even remember what the ad was for, but that was what it was, is why do you run? Cause I know what the other guy will be. Um, and, and it takes the, the motivation away from yourself. There's no intrinsic motivation. Mm-hmm. Which, um, you know, when, when I was looking through this, it flashing back to the beginning of the week when I was I was working out in the running on the treadmill, and the football team was in there. None of them were intrinsically motivated. None of them had that personal passion. They were working out. They were still doing pushups, not because they were like, "I want to do pushups so that I get bigger and stronger, so that I'm able to to be better at at football." They were doing pushups because their coach was in their face, screaming, "Let's go! One more! One more! One more!" That's that's a different level of motivation. Yeah. None of as soon as their coach turned his back and they were now behind him and out of line of sight, they weren't doing one more. Yeah that was a different level of motivation. Totally. So my motivation was purely trying to compete with other people. And I thought as long as I can keep up with them. So then my goal to run was to be able to put in more work than that guy, mm-hmm. even though I didn't even know how much work that guy was putting in. I was just trying to work harder than that guy yeah. or, you know, th- instead then, of smarter. Yeah. Yeah, just 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 do
0: more. Just keep going. Yeah. Just
1: run harder, run more miles, run faster miles. So I didn't I was not good at taking recovery days in high school. Mm-hmm. My coach used or to always college. Well, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. My coach used to pull me aside in high school and be like, Brown, it's an easy run today. Just run with some of your teammates and it's it's gonna be fine. Just go with somebody today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it. I'd have hard workouts and then I'd kind of push on the recovery days. I used to run solo because other people would would pull back so much on recovery days that it drove me nuts. This caught up with me in college because I would then try and keep up with the group on recovery days and I was running so far beyond my own personal means because I was still comparing to the people around me. It wasn't a battle for how fast can I get, it was... I need to keep up with these people immediately around me. It didn't matter that those people immediately around me were seniors and already multiple All-Americans. Yeah, that was my peer group, so I needed to put in the work to keep up with them, which led me to be constantly overtrained and burnt out, and and quitting the team during my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I I just I was done with running. I, there was no motivation at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So finding your why is is remarkably helpful. I went from comparing to others, from chasing PRs and, and trying to keep up with the people around me to trying to find a better picture, to trying to find the bigger idea of how fast can I get? How, how far can I push myself? And it's a tricky line. I still struggle into the, I don't want to chase a clock. I'm really trying to just see how fast I can get myself without worrying what the number is, how hard can I push myself during a particular race. It's a tricky gray area. I slip in and out of being good at it. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that that's normal though. I think that most people can very easily slip in and out of that because it's not, like, okay, I'm good at it now. Like, it's just one of those things that's always going to be a daily struggle.
1: Right. Of, I want to be the best runner that I can be, but the easiest way to determine how how good of a runner you are is what the number on the clock says. And so people default to that one because there's mm-hmm. not a great way of measuring. Today was my best run ever, unless it's the number on the clock, because yeah. it was a smaller number than I did it yesterday. Yeah. So it's it's a very tough comparison.
0: Yeah. And it's like you said, it's the easiest comparison, kind of like weight. Yes. You know, like, like the when people, number on the scale. It's well, the
1: easiest it's one. It's the
0: easiest one, but that your weight is not the def- the definition of health. Like, it's just not like you can be skinny, you can weigh less and be way unhealthier than if you weigh a little bit more and we're eating better and nourishing your body. Like... You know, these fitness models and people in workout videos, like, you don't know what they're eating. Like, I can guarantee they're not working out and doing that 30 minute workout that they're t- telling you is <laughs> getting them these results. Like, you know, that they're doing more than that.
1: You know, 30 minutes a day as yeah. their warm up before their four hour workout routine. Right,
0: exactly. And, there's, there's been a lot of that coming out recently, like pe- more of the professional athletes and the um, fitness models and the fitness competitors. Like people are starting to come out with their stories now about really how they were training and how they were eating and what they were doing to their bodies and how their hormones were completely out of whack. And I mean, it's just – I, I'm really happy that a lot of people are starting to be more honest about it now, because it's showing you the real side of all of it.
1: Well, it's the world that we live in. People mm-hmm. don't want this like curated, fake, perfect image. They want to f- find somebody they can actually connect to. Yeah, they want to find somebody they're they're like oh. 30 minutes a day and you look like that, I I gain no inspiration from you because I, I can't connect to you.
0: Well, right. And then th- that also sets people up for failure. Right. Because it's not that's not what they're actually doing. So then people, when they do that and they don't get those results, then they think that the problem is with them. Right. And that's not the problem. That's not the problem at all. So I think that focusing on your why is obviously huge. And both of us kind of went off a little bit about why we do our things. And I think it's interesting that we can have both internal motivators like what you were saying about how you want to try to push yourself to be better and see what you can reach and then there's also the external motivators as well like being healthier for the people around you being able to pick up your children being able to live the life that you want to live for not just yourself but also your family so i think that that's an important thing too to think about both because i think that We both have both. Like I definitely have internal motivators too. Like I want to look in the mirror and feel good about myself and Mm -hmm. and feel good about the way that I look. That is definitely a motivator. Um, Is it a little bit – more shallow sure you know like but it's still there i don't think there's anything wrong with that you gotta just accept it like that's one of
1: your motivators yeah i
0: don't think so either like i don't like to look in the mirror and not see something that makes me feel good like i want to feel good when i look in the mirror and all of us deserve to do that so sure that's an internal motivator i have the same kind of thing now now that i'm in that mindset of like what can i actually do like seeing myself get faster and stronger like that is really exciting And then also keeping in mind the bigger picture of your family and the world at large and trying to spread um, a mission, like trying to spread, um, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Inspire the health of the world, the entire world through a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's a lofty one, but yes. Yes. Yeah, but it's what we got. Mom on a mission. There you go. Yeah. So focus on what, what... is your motivation for running or for working out like think about that and and write it down because sometimes when it's on paper it makes it a lot more real like why are you doing it and just thinking about that and knowing that in the long term is going to help you become a more consistent runner like yeah, you might still have those days like you talk well like we talked about before like you're gonna have. You're still going to have those days, but in the long run, you're going to make yourself the kind of person. It's going to be part of who you are. It's going to become part of your identity to say that you're a runner or you're the kind of person that works out regularly. You eat healthy. You take care of your body. That's just a part of who you are.
1: You are a health oriented person, right?
0: It's a lifestyle. It's not, you know, it's not just something that you're trying out right now. Yeah. You know,
1: it it goes to the type to the you know i am a runner yeah and just because oh well i i only run a couple of times a week and then i do this no you're a runner mm-hmm. like accept it and it's going to it's going to be okay it can't be the only thing to define you but it's not just this casual thing that you sometimes do on the side if it's a thing that you sometimes do on the side then it's really easy to sometimes not do that thing right it it needs to be part of who you are
0: yeah exactly all right, moving on to number three, which isn't as lofty, but sign up for a race. Yes, sign up for a race. Right? So that we, we include this in the bigger fix because it a lot of times is a more long-term type of thing. So if you sign up for a race, there's usually a training plan that you might want to be on. So that kind of keeps you more accountable.
1: Well yeah, once you once you've signed up for a race, you got money in the game, it tends to motivate people. That's true. Like whatever whatever the thing is, it's like, Oh, here's a fantastic plan I can do, but it's free. Oh, I don't really have to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a plan I can do and I had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, okay, like, well, I guess I should do that. Right. As soon as you take out a wallet, you seem a lot more committed to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You sign up for a marathon, that's gonna cost you like a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, those aren't those aren't that cheap. You sign up for a destination race. Right. And and buy the plane tickets. Right. Like, don't just sign up. Yeah. Sign up and buy the plane tickets. Mm-hmm. You're all in on this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't just want the vacation there. Yeah. You've already signed up. You've got the race entry. You've got the flights. You're there. That's a lot of money that you've invested into this thing. That that can help inspire a little oh, bit. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Like people always are more consistent when there's money involved. For some reason, that just it gets into your mentality that you don't want to waste that money, and so you're. More motivated to do a lot more.
1: Which is funny because um, gaining money is like a poor motivation to do more work from, uh, I forget which podcast I was listening, but people mm. are like, I don't know, I, I would rather do a job that I'm happy with than a job that I get paid twice as much for. That's
0: true. Yeah, that so. they are finding that now when they're doing these research studies that more people um, would Rather take, I think it was like a thirty percent pay cut. Like yeah. it was significant. It was significant. It was like thirty or forty percent if they were doing something that meant something to them.
1: Yeah, that they found like lasting, redeeming value yeah. in. Yeah. So I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But all right. No but, one likes losing money. <laughs> no one
0: likes losing money. All right. Moving on to number four.
1: Uh, deci- decide who you are inspiring. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've kind of covered this yeah, one. Yeah, this kind of
0: goes along with one and two. Yeah,
1: I mean they they've all they all blend together. Yeah. Um, But decide who you're inspiring. It could be the people in your house. It could be maybe you've got a friend that you have no idea that they would ever even consider becoming a runner. Mm -hmm. But they see you putting it in day after day after day. And suddenly they come up and ask you seemingly out of the blue, hey, how'd you get into running? Mm Mm-hmm. You could be inspiring somebody and have absolutely no idea that you're doing it, oh, that they've yeah? been watching you from a distance. Yeah. Like, wow, look at that person completely transform their body and life. Mm-hmm. Look at this health journey that they've been on. Yep. That's, that's my coworker. Why, why can't I do that also?
0: Why can't I? Yeah. Like when you are that close to somebody that's doing it, it makes it more real and it makes it more achievable. Like, oh, well if they can do it, I can, can... I sure can do it.
1: They they did it. I've got this thing. No problem.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like I used to last year before I joined my running group, I used to run like after I dropped off the girls at school, I would drop them off at school and I would just run from our school parking lot. Um, and so I would go out on my run and I would have, I did have people come up to me and like say, you know, start asking me questions or start saying like, oh, I like, I kept seeing you go out for a run and it inspired me to, to start running or just to do that. And like, I was like, oh wow, cool. And I mean, how many people do you inspire that maybe are just driving down the street?
1: Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. And they see
0: you running. Like you might not know those people and you probably will never know them. But who knows how many people you're inspiring just by them seeing you?
1: What about that person driving home from work who is on the drive home fighting to find motivation? Yeah. And they see you out there for a run. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, okay, they've got it. I guess I can go out for a run also. Yeah. You know, you never know who you're inspiring. So Mm -hmm. put, put goodness out into the world, put the, put their health oriented, long-term focused. I'm doing good for my health and for others. And it's, it's going to come back. And then on that day where you're lacking for motivation, I I bet you find some, you know, if, if you help inspire others, I bet it comes back towards you.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Number five, find some accountability. Now, we talked about this, you know, have a earlier about phoning a friend for a pep talk and the quick fixes, but find some accountability in the long term as well. Like, maybe you join a running group. Maybe you have a training partner that keeps you on task and and you don't want to let other people down. Like, there is a book called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, which is a great book, and it kind of talks about our motivations for doing things and it talks about, like I said, four different types and there are some people that are motivated more internally. They can just say like, okay, I'm going to do this and they're very motivated to do that. Other people need the accountability. They need someone else that's depending on them um, to, in order for them to do whatever it is they want to do. And in, unless they have that external uh, accountability person or group or whatnot, they're much more likely to just quit on themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, we see this, um, most springs when we have like the cross country kids, like, Hey, I want to run cross country. We haven't filled a questionnaire. And one of the questions is why are you doing this and how hard are you willing to push, you know, and, and, One of the things is like I do this because I like running with my friends. How hard are you willing to push? As hard as my friends will push me, Mm -hmm. or as hard as my coach will push me. And there's there's not a lot of internal accountability there. You know, some part of
0: that is just being in high school. Well,
1: yeah, but so much of it is I'm willing to push as hard as somebody else will push me. And so it's nice to have that accountability. It makes summer training a little tricky when they go on vacation Mm -hmm. because no one is directly there to push them. Well, I think it makes
0: it makes coaching a little bit easier too, knowing that that you need to push that person. Yes. Like that it's it's partly your job to push that person whereas another one of your athletes might have more internal motivation. You might not need to push that person the other person as much.
1: Yeah, they it might drive them nuts if you mm-hmm. try and go at them and keep right. pushing them. Right. So, you got that trade-off.
0: All right, let's go to the final one, number 6. Stop uh, chasing PRs.
1: Well, yeah, this one kind of reflects back to my own personal journey right. of eventually um you, you might reach an age where you're gonna kind of fade off on PRs. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about that before of you know, there was PRs for like my twenties. There was PRs while I was in college. Now there's PRs at this point.
0: And for those new runners out there, like a PR means personal record. And yes. over in like England and Great Britain they say P B PB, PB personal best. Mm -hmm. So PR and a PB are the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, continue. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, you might hit a point where it gets harder and harder to hit the fastest time that you've ever run for Mm -hmm. a particular race. And some people then take this and they're like, okay, well I have to find new distances. And so suddenly 5k runners become marathoners and marathoners become ultra runners. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I'll just keep running longer and longer because if I've never done the distance, then it's the fastest I've ever done it.
0: Well, instead of getting PRs of time, then you're getting PRs PRs of of distance. distance. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, it's interesting. So like you put on here to stop chasing PRs and just like accept the journey. Yes. Right. And, and that's, that's good, I think. But for some people, the long-term like could be start chasing PRs. Oh yeah. No. You know, like that could be a motivator too, is, is to actually start pushing yourself and start seeing what you're able to achieve.
1: 100%. Chasing PRs and moving past it where you're beyond chasing PRs are both long-term fixes. Yeah. Um, I, I've made it to a point where I can accept that if I get myself in really good shape That does not necessarily mean that I'm going to get a PR when I hit the line you know, when
0: I think it also depends on the distance that you're going to
1: 100%. It depends on so much. There is so much that is outside of my control. And it took me a long time to fully accept this and, and be like, look, I can get myself in as good of shape as I can possibly do it. Given constraints of time and family and blah, 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 given constraints of real life. But then also when you show up at the race, you never know what's going to show up there. You know, what's the weather conditions going to be? Is the course hilly? Is the course slippery. You know, are you running in a group? Are you out solo the entire time? All of these things mess with your ability to possibly hit your fastest time that you've ever run on that day. And so many of those are outside of your control. Mm. So accepting that running a personal best might not be fully in your control and releasing that control then allows you to fully enjoy whatever that race is. Mm -hmm. Like, look, I gave that race everything I possibly could. Maybe it came back with the best time. Maybe it didn't, but I gave that race everything I could. And which is always the message that I tell the kids at the end of the cross country season. Look, it's, this is the last meet of the season and it might be your fastest race. Maybe it's a little cold and you run poor. Maybe that hill gets you. Maybe you get bogged down or you go out too fast. There's a lot of things that could go wrong. Something might happen. When you get back to the team tent at the end, I want you to be able to say, Coach, that was everything I could give that day. That was That's what I had. And that's a much better motivator than saying that I was able to hit a clock faster than I've ever hit a clock before.
0: Yeah, and and looking at... What you learned from that run or from that race, I think, is a good way to look at it and how you can relate that to your the rest of your life. I mean, that's basically what we try to do on this podcast all the time. And being able to do that and and see, okay, like I was on the struggle bus for like the first three miles, but I, I stuck with it. And then it actually started to ease up and I started to feel better then, you know, like there's something that you can learn or there's something that you could be grateful for about each run.
1: Yes. Much like the, the the challenge in real life of it's hard to put a specific number on whatever goal that you're chasing because even when you get to it, whatever it is that you're, you're going for, let's say you have like a, a business goal, like I need my business goal to take in $200,000 in a year. When you get there, you're just going to keep pushing that ahead. The same way for a PR. I want to run a 5K under 25 minutes. If yeah. you run 24, you're going to suddenly want to run sub 24. Like yeah. the times will keep getting faster. Totally. Whatever dollar signs you're chasing will keep getting higher. Yeah. Like the numbers keep moving.
0: Well, because the numbers are arbitrary.
1: Yes, because you completely made them up in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So it's true. Stop chasing PRs. But like you said, sometimes if you've, if you've never really pushed yourself, start chasing PRs because mm-hmm. that's a good way to get your motivation going also.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. And finally, um, we want to also let you know that when you are losing motivation or lacking motivation, that can be a sign of overtraining. And in those cases, especially if it's in the short term, it's okay to take an off day. Yeah, completely. Go for a walk, sleep in. Like, it's gonna be okay. And now, this is again, this is for those people that are very consistent and are training and are hardcore and whatnot. Like, and if you are losing motivation to go out and run, like, you might be overtraining.
1: Yeah, it's a definite sign. And you can take you can take a complete off day. You can take a couple of off days. You could go out and do half the distance that you were going for. Simply go out and be in nature is a good way to reconnect and maybe gain some motivation. Go outside not with the intent of going for a run, but simply with the intent of going outside, mm-hmm. that's a good way to figure out what's going maybe on. Maybe you'll
0: end up running.
1: Maybe you'll end up running. Yeah. Maybe you'll be like, huh, I I actually kind of enjoyed this this little path here. I'm going to get my running shoes on and, and go for a run on it. And it'll let you just sort of look at running from a different angle. But yeah, this goes back to where we were back on the, the quick fixes when you call up your friend for a pep talk and they're like, maybe you shouldn't go for a run today. Maybe they can hear it. They can hear it in your voice that it's just like, nope, they're exhausted. And going for a run is just going to send them down a bad spiral. Yeah. Because that can totally happen too. It can. That was, that was me for most of college is overtraining and starting to head down a bad spiral. Mm-hmm. That was That was the picture I sent you today of the comparison of my, like... Like a good week now versus a standard week in college, yeah, so ridiculously overtrained in college, yeah. relative to what I was capable of doing mm-hmm. and and I didn't take care of myself either, so yeah. it was yeah. a bad loop
0: that was an interesting comparison that you did send me, okay, so I think that about wraps it up. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share
1: um i think I think that pretty much has it, you know if uh if this was inspiring for you. Great. And, and off you go. And you are already through your run by now. Um, <laughs> otherwise find yourself some good fire up music because Survivor's Eye of the Tiger might be the best song ever written.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Spoken from a true champion. So thank you guys for joining us today for our coaching programs and training plans and things like that. Or for our show notes, you can check out our website at realliferunners.com. We have all the stuff over there for you. We also have some free downloads available if you are interested in some strength training or some speed work. You can find those over on the website as well. Thank you for spending this time with us today and we'll talk to you next week.